Hey, Cornerstone family, it's Thursday, April the 1st, and uh, we are winding down this Read by Easter journey together. Several of you have asked throughout the last couple of months if we plan to continue these podcasts, and the answer is yes and no. Yes, we will continue to use this medium for a number of different ways of communicating with you, perhaps more extended podcast conversations between me and some of our staff members, uh, between me and some of our missionaries, or maybe just me uh, feeling like I, I need to expand on something that was said the previous Sunday. Uh, no, in that we won't be doing them ever. Every day, we'll probably move to a model where it's about once a week or something like that. Uh, but we'll keep you posted going forward of, of what that looks like. Tomorrow, we're going to have a guest podcast from Derek Britt, uh, who is a part of our team here and also the director of IU Chi Alpha. And so he's going to wind up this uh, journey uh, with us on uh, Friday. And so we're just looking forward to uh, this weekend. Again, Easter Sunday, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock. We've got great worship, great message planned for you. In and just encourage you to be there. And again, for those of you that are maybe a little concerned about social distancing, I encourage you to come to that first service, nine o'clock, and come in that social distancing entrance, which is door C. And uh, there'll be plenty of room for you to have all the space that you want. You can take those red pieces of paper and cre create your own social distancing section if you would like um, anywhere in the sanctuary, but especially in that north section by door C, there's usually a lot of room, especially in first service. Today, I want to take a uh, a piece of the reading from Matthew chapter 24 and uh, just kind of break it down for you a little bit. And then tomorrow, Derek will break down part of the passion story uh, on Good Friday for you. All right. So Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse one, as Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end, uh, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. If you've ever been to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, uh, you've seen a massive, massive wall there, the, the Western Wall, or what many call the Wailing Wall. And uh, it's just a remnant of the foundation of the temple uh, that was there in Jesus's day. But you can imagine on top of that wall, if you see the size of that wall, you can imagine the the corresponding size of the buildings that must have been on the temple grounds today. Uh, the, the Temple Mount houses the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock, uh, two Muslim structures. But the the 
Jewish structures in Jesus's day would have been massive, and they would have been a marvel for even people who had seen them many times. The disciples had seen these structures many, many times. Jesus had taught them there. They had gone there for festivals and for for feasts, and yet they are still overwhelmed and amazed. They're they're pointing out to Jesus these incredible buildings, and Jesus says this thing in verse 2. He says, do you see all these buildings? They're going to be completely destroyed. Not one stone will be left on top of another. And it was startling for the disciples. Later, when they're up on the Mount of Olives, they're 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 talking to Jesus and they're saying, "How is this going to happen?" And Jesus begins to unravel for them the the signs of the end. And, and what we read when we read this Olivet discourse, when we read Matthew chapter twenty four, and it continues beyond uh, the reading that we just went through those first fourteen verses. When we read it, uh, what we need to understand is that there are often dual fulfillments in Scripture. And when Jesus gives this prophetic word, really, to the disciples about what's going to happen, that not one stone will be left on another, everything that he says to them in these next several verses is fulfilled in their lifetime. Jerusalem is completely sacked and destroyed in 70 AD, and not one stone is left on another on that Temple Mount. All the buildings are completely destroyed. The city is, is laid in ruin. All of the things that he predicts in those verses happen. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. They were arrested. They were persecuted. They were killed. They were hated for him. All of those things happen. And yet, in each generation since then, we've all been expecting and reading about these things. And so what does that mean? Well, back in September, Shauna and I found out that we were expecting two grandbabies, now just 40 days away or so, uh, Elena and Eleanor. And we're super excited. But when Nathan and Brianna and Adam and Rachel went to the doctor, the doctor described to them the process and what was going to happen. And the first few months can be particularly uneasy when you have morning sickness and things like that. And then your body begins to grow and change. And then eventually you begin to feel the the baby, you know, kicking and moving and all of those things. And, and, and you hear the baby hiccup or you feel the baby hiccup and all of these things are normal parts of that process. But we know that that's a process that lasts on or about nine months, right? And so at three months, when an expectant mother is sick in the morning, we're concerned. We want the expectant mother to feel better, but we know it's all a part of the process. It's all a part of the beginning of that birth process. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples is that you're going to see this process play out in your lives. You're going to see wars and rumors of wars. But he says specifically, the end is not here yet. And we get so consumed with, well, is this the end or is this the end? Or are we living in the last days? And we totally miss the point. And the point is Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The end of what? It doesn't matter. Could be the end of the world. Could be the end of your life. The reality is if you endure to the end, if you don't give up, you'll be saved. And what Jesus is reminding them is that the kingdom of God is transitioning. They all grew up in a model in which the temple was the center of their religious life. It was the center of God's redemptive process in the world. It was the center of healing. It was the center of everything that you were as a Jew. And in the very first few words, Jesus tells them the temple's going to be destroyed. But that doesn't mean that the presence of God in your life is going to be destroyed. He's telling them, if you'll endure to the end, Jesus is saying, no longer will the temple be the center of God's redemptive process in this world. Jesus, the Son of God, will be the center of God's redemptive process in the world. And so when you read this, don't get caught up in the morning sickness. 
Don't get caught up in the morning sickness. Get caught up in verse 13. The one who endures to the end will be saved. Because Jesus says all of those things are going to happen, and everything he lists happens to the disciples that he's talking to in the first century. Everything leading up to 70 AD and the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, it all happens. They witness it. And the truth of what Jesus said was born out in the disciples' lives. The ones who endured to the end are saved. And so I don't know if the end of the world is coming tomorrow or next week or 100 years from now. What I know is my assignment is to endure to the end. My assignment is to endure to the end. And then verse 14, preach the good news about the kingdom throughout the whole world, because that's the sign that we know that the end is coming. When the good news is preached to all nations, Jesus says, then the end will come. By our latest count, there's about 7,100 unreached people groups who have not yet heard the good news about Jesus. We need to take the good news to them. Why? Because God wants to redeem them. God wants a relationship with them, but also because we want to see Jesus and we know the end won't come, that his kingdom won't fully come here on earth until the good news is preached to the whole world. Can I tell you when that's going to happen? I don't know. No one does. As a matter of fact, Jesus tells the disciples later in the Olivet Discourse that not even the Son knows. Only the Father knows the time of, of his return, of his parousia, of his second coming. So, But if we get caught up in all of the, the second coming and the end times talk, we miss the point. We miss the point. And the point is that every generation since that first generation of disciples is going to experience this cycle of persecution, some being arrested, some being persecuted, some being killed. Every generation is going to hear wars and rumors of wars. But Jesus says that's not the end yet. It's just the morning sickness. It's just the beginning of birth pains. And what he says is the one who endures to the end will be saved. So let me encourage you with that today. Hang in there. No matter what you're going through, no matter how discouraged you think you may be, no matter what you think is, is happening in the world today, or you think that the, that what's happening in, in politics or in on the world stage is a sign of the end, it very well may be. But your assignment is not to figure that out. Your assignment is, in, is to endure until the end. And so that's our goal. That's our prayer. Jesus, help us to endure to the end and preach the good news of the kingdom throughout the whole world. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for telling us what to expect, and also for telling us that that's just the morning sickness. It's just the beginning. And Lord, that when those things happen, we just continue to look to you, and our goal is not to figure out what's happening or decipher the tea leaves or anything like that. Our goal is to center our lives on you, to understand that the temple is no longer the center of God's redemption in our lives. It is you, Jesus, and that our goal, our our desire, our heart's goal should be to endure to the end and to preach the good news everywhere it's not been preached. So help us, Jesus, as we do that. Lord, as we focus on you this weekend, help us once again, afresh and anew, to commit our lives to that cause, to enduring to the end, and to preaching the good news all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. I will see you Sunday.